Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me first remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the use and reuse of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also protected by Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969 which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Therefore, everything said here on Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion is entirely hypothetical. Don't ban us, Twitter. For the most part. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, I think my my FBI handler is actually finally excited. He's like, finally some fucking action from this guy. All right, if you don't know that voice, you probably don't because he doesn't do podcasts ever. I I I have to be up at four a.m. tomorrow, so but I I couldn't miss this one with everything that happened the past week. I was like, fuck, I got yeah, I I gotta jump in. It was so hard to find stories for this week, like the the post election, post New Year's. Like there was just nothing happened. There wasn't really anything worth discussing. It was such a slow news. Such week. a slow I mean, news week. But, <laughs> I mean, I think I saw some good memes this week, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw something about AOC shoes being stolen. You know, and there's a, a Florida guy stole something from Pelosi. <laughs> Is that not one of the most Florida man things? That is so Florida, man. <laughs> yeah. Was that the guy with the podium? The 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 lect that stole the Pelosi's lectern. lectern? Yes, the lectern. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. It, he, yep. He's from Florida. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it like, whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so, for oh, those that dude. don't know that beautiful baldness, who are you? Uh, I'm uh, Chris. Uh, I. Uh, what's your What's your throughout your Twitter handle? Uh, no, I, I deactivated. I don't. I, I'm not on any. Huh? I'm just. I'm. I'm just going with the flow right now. I've been. I was kicked off of Facebook and Instagram. So we just. Yeah, I, got, he, he is. He is a a holder of the Big Zuck Award. Yeah. Kicked off Facebook and Instagram in the same day. So yeah, the the uh, so what happened was I was at the uh, grocery stores the Thursday before the election. And I was in a line at the grocery store, and I'm checking my phone, and I saw a meme, and I was like, "Oh, this is great. That's going on Instagram." And I, and uh, so I paid for my stuff, and I got home, and I pulled up Instagram, and then it, it logged me out, and that, that's when I messaged, I put it in the, in the chat, I was like, "Oh shit!" I said, "I'm out of," uh, I said, I, "I got kicked off of uh, Instagram," and you were like, "You were like, wait, hold on, what about your Facebook?" And I said, "I don't know," and you said, "Wait," and then you messaged back, and you said, "Yeah, dude, your <laughs> Facebook is gone." <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> I I told my mom that I was like, hey, if you don't see anything from me, my accounts got deactivated. <laughs> she she was like, did you uh, uh did you publish some fake news? I'm just kidding, lol. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, more than likely. So, yeah, that's my story. Yeah. So Chris Chris is a homie. We go way back Se- several years at this point. Oh yeah, like 2015. 2014, I think, actually. 2015, something yeah. like that. Damn. It's been a while. Time flies. So, but uh, what's your political views? 
Uh, oh, I'm, I'm a, well, okay. So, so I don't okay. scare the people that I work with. I tell them I'm an extreme libertarian, but yeah, I mean, you know, anarchist free. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it doesn't sound as scary as an anarchist. Cause you say anarchist and everyone thinks Antifa and I'm like, you know, no, I'm not a socialist. So, but yeah, you know, free market anarchy. So, yeah. and you were on IG and Twitter and all that you were, uh, American rifleman or no rifleman, oh, rifleman culture for a rifleman little bit. Culture. Yeah. 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 So that was, uh, yeah, that was when I just, that was, that was really when I, uh, I transferred into the, just, just fuck you guys phase, you know, fuck you. you know, you must want kids to get killed. Yes. You know, you, you just hate old people. Yes. <laughs> negative stereotype you want to throw at me and I will wear it with honor. So, um, I fucking despise old people and children. Yeah. <laughs> a fellow Almost member in the redacted files. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of in a, in a uh, in old school when they when Blues having the funeral and and, uh, and they're there and uh, Luke Wilson is like I can't I feel like we're responsible for this and he's like Mitch you can't blame yourself it, like, Blue was old that's what they do old people die and the lady next to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, indeed. So, yeah. So, I don't know. We should just start with uh, since we got rifleman culture here. Let's just start with the gun story. Yeah, bring it so on. Start with some gun bills, and then uh, we can. Uh, <laughs> Andrew's ready to start drinking already. Oh yeah. my god. I you know, and when these when I saw these come out and like the list of them got put together and so I was looking at them, I was like, man, you know, I really wish that my computer was working so I could do an anarchist weapons Wednesday again and bring it back for this specifically because holy fucking shit. Well, like I, yeah, <laughs> this is this is just the pre-filed ones. Like we know that an assault weapons ban is coming and and um they're, they've already talked about uh, um, the blanket ban on on body armor with with no with no uh, grandfather clause. That's Whoa. been discussed. That'll be that'll be a fun one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> how are you? How are you gonna enforce that? It's not even a registered thing. So like there there's yeah. no real numbers. Like how are you yeah. gonna enforce who does and does not have body armor? I I, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for that bill to like actually come out because I want to see Lyman's response. That his his response is gonna be fantastic. Well, how do you even tell? How do you even tell if a guy's just got a mat? You know, like how do you know if he's got a? What are you gonna do? Come up and knock on his chest? You know, is that going to be the litmus test for body armor? You know, like, you know, don't don't touch me. You're in my space, six feet. You know, you're not wearing a mask. Get away from me. You just so, stare but, at everyone uh, that comes up to you and go. <laughs> start randomly shooting people in the chest and arrest their survivors. <laughs> hey, don't give them ideas. That's pretty much how government tends to work. Yeah, you're, you, yeah, we, we, you joked and we're laughing, but that's probably going to be the reality of it <laughs> what's the 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 harry brown quote about government is good at breaking your leg handing you a crutch and saying see if it weren't for us you wouldn't be able to walk yep so but um i'm gonna predecess this by uh um biden has already named his his ag 
don't know if you guys yep. saw this or not. Merrick yeah. Garland. That name might ring a bell. He was nominated for the Supreme Court under Obama and got blocked by Republicans. Um, Lindsey Graham and a few other Republicans have already said that they will support um, Merrick Garland being nominated this for the or appointed appointed for the Attorney General. But uh, Merrick Garland, when he was a circuit court judge in D.C., actually voted against Heller versus D.C. So that should tell you a whole lot. Well, the fact that Biden even picked him should tell you a lot already, yeah. but... Oh, they're going yeah, after he's... they're going after ghost guns, they're going after Cody, they're going after 3D printing, homemade, all that good stuff. So. Yeah, they're... Oh, my God. I mean, the moment that I saw it, he was, he was the one who got the appointment. I'm like, okay, so that's going to how this is going to be. Okay, <laughs> See, I'm so... Uh, we might we might have to flip things uh, for for the schedule because, uh, all right, we're flipping things. All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room. We'll get to that, but like, with the gun control coming in, and Biden coming in, and all these people coming in, and and like what was it like twenty one million firearms were sold the first time, firearms owners or yeah. first time owners last year. Yeah. Right. Oh, the first off, the secondary market is going to be so lit with all these liberals turning in their guns and trying to sell them back. The uh, unfired <laughs> ARs at like seventy-five percent of store price. I'm just, I'm excited. But um, oh, if they're lefties, they're buying AKs. Let's be honest. <laughs> I shouldn't talk. I also have an AK. But why don't you want to buy my Bear Creek Armory? <laughs> <laughs> it's never been fired. I have a case oh. of steel case for it. I, and if you haven't seen what the secondary market for AKs <laughs> looks like right now, oh my god, the pricing is absurd. Nah. Like, not even super, like if it was an arsenal, like I understand an arsenal AK yeah. going for an enormous amount of money. They're really well made, they're very nice, they're very high end. They're like 1200 bucks brand new, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> so, I can get that. But I'm seeing like freaking uh, Century Arms garbage going yeah. for like people are asking for like eight nine hundred dollars and getting it. Uh-huh. I've seen I've seen around a thousand for them. For a yep. Century, oh my god! That's what I've that's what I've seen here. That's my my local. Like and this this these we're talking like California compliant ones here. Right, with the with the, little, with the little bird cage on the mag release and featureless, <laughs> fucking eleven hundred dollars, five five hundred dollars for a case is, uh, for a case of like one twenty two grain. Ooh. Which which in California you have to do a background check for to buy, to get ammo. Uh, nice little tidbit. Man, I'm so glad I don't live in California where I can obtain an AKM by literally going and meeting a guy in a truck stop parking lot and exchanging uh, my my short shotgun and like a few cases of high velocity ammo for the AKM, a bunch of 30, like a stack of 30 round mags and uh, an entire box of like a thousand rounds of steel case. I plead the, I plead the fifth. 
I mean, you can do that in California too. It's just you got to be much more careful about it. I can do it in the middle of the fucking day, waving at a state trooper as he parks. So. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, let's. Uh, so this is an article from uh, Guns.com. It's a, a couple days old, but. Uh, uh governor's session this week. Half dozen anti-gun measures have already been filed in the House Judiciary Committee. The majority of those uh, four bills, they were submitted by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee out of Texas. Oh, what a surprise. How the hell is she getting elected in Texas? I mean, honestly. Seriously. Uh, um, Austin. Hell yeah. Yeah, that would be it. So, so uh, Dallas would have been my other... My other guess there. Austin. But uh, uh, the fifth and sixth are filed by reps Bobby, Bobby Rush, Democrat out of Illinois, and Al Green, Democrat out of Texas. So. Uh, but uh, HR 30 is to increase public safety by publishing or by punishing and deterring firearms trafficking. That wants to increase punishments for firearms traffickers. Uh, H.R. 121 to provide for the hiring of 200 additional BATFE agents and investigators to enforce gun laws. So it means a bigger budget for the for ATF. Well, yeah, and they need that if they're going to increase enforcement and add all these extra laws. They need more BATFE agents. Okay. Well, here's a good one. Here's a good one. H.R. 125 to amend Title 18 United States Code to provide for a seven-day uh. waiting period. For semi-automatic firearms, silencer, armor-piercing ammunition, or large-capacity ammunition magazine may be transferred. Which means if there's a waiting period, you need to get a background check in order to get Mm -hmm. a magazine or standard capacity magazines. Before before transferred, which means it could be transferred from gun show from a licensed firearms dealer or i would bet private to private sales well you know in the in the the whole premise of a waiting period is fucking retarded it, it basically says that you are you're going to buy a gun in the heat of the moment like you are going to get that gun from bass pro shop and then immediately go out and fucking kill somebody and so you you know hey Maybe if we give him a waiting period so, you know, he can calm down and think about it and they won't go do this heinous act, you know, so nobody fucking ever. Like, it's just it, – it, that, that aspect is fucking retarded right there. It has never it has never saved anyone, ever. None no. of those waiting periods. No. Even Wisconsin has a waiting period for pistols. It has done nothing to change a thing. Not Cal- a zilch zero. California has a 10-day waiting period, no. which, is, which is affectionately called a – cooling off period yeah there it is <laughs> yeah oh. take so, a I mean, deep breath that... you know go drink a beer you know relax guy don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't that there's a waiting period for this and by the way california oh uga, god uga, uga. Uga. <laughs> the fact that i have a waiting period for this this is a 40 rounder by the way the fact that oh. i have a waiting period that I, they want a waiting period for this that's four I, times the maximum capacity number of rounds i can have you know what's funny is i can like reach back here and i can be like hey look here's another there's there's 80 rounds right there and then i can reach back here and i can be like hey you know what else i got is uh, a 30 and i can throw one of those in there (laughs) (laughs) well see you need a waiting period because imagine what happens if you tape them all together lengthwise you know 
now you now you've got a, a hundred killing <laughs> machine ready to go. So you know it's this is definitely something that's we need to save us from from all this insanity that's going to ensue. You know, as God knows, every constitutional carry state to fucking freeze fire zone. You know, so oh yeah, everybody just gets mowed down constantly. It's it's an yeah. absolute war zone. It's terrible. That's why you got to yeah. have body armor. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you uh, think of the children? <laughs> that's what was car. That's what carbine length rifles are for. Yeah, there was the one meme, and it was the cartoon, and it was the little kid, and it said, "Hello, sir. I am a small child. Won't you give up your rifle so that I can be safe?" And then the next picture is the guy just punting the kid, like a la South Park, <laughs> just out of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> screw you one of, yeah. one of my one of my favorites it's um it says uh something to the effect of uh um uh give up your firearms for kids or something like that and it's or it says uh um something about firearms for kids and it says so i made the i made the kid a firearm also and it's like this short stroke pistol grip or pistol stock like eight yeah. inch eight inch barrel <laughs> I don't even think it's eight inch. I think it's like four inch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's freaking tiny. Accurate. The, the new, the new, the new Palmetto, Palmetto State AK9. That's perfect for a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Nine, nine mil AK. Oh, well, zero yeah, recoil. AK USA makes the the Vityaz, uh, the semi-auto version of the Vityaz, which is the KP9. Uh, that's a nine millimeter AK, real short little barrel yep. and stuff. It's freaking fantastic. There's the you could also give a kid uh, the uh, MPXK, a there Sig you MPXK, you yeah. know, and boom, nice little short, tiny thing, little pistol grip, and yeah. it teaches them the manual of arms for an AR. So it's a win all the way around. Yeah, Chris Vector, Chris Vector has almost no recoil, so even the littlest kids could use it. Uh, yeah. I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> there's there's literally no point in a semi-auto vector at all. Yeah, this is the world's nah, nah. most useless gun, especially with the when you have to make it a rifle-length barrel. So it's got this like obscenely long fake suppressor <laughs> on the end of it, yeah. and it just looks stupid. And it's semi—I mean, the entire point of the that recoil system, that novel recoil system, is to help with full auto fire, well, which yeah. it does. But does it actually in a way that you wouldn't get from a a linear recoil? Probably not. <laughs> All right, here's here's a fun one. HR one twenty seven to provide for the licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms and prohibit the possession of certain ammunition. Come and take it. <laughs> <laughs> who who let's see. I gotta look up who who uh sent that one in. Clean um, and I mean the the idea oh, of firearms. That was, that was a that was a Sheila Jackson Lee bill. Oh, there's a surprise. And the well, thing is, know, is, it stands a possibility of passing. Yeah. Do, they do have a Democrat-controlled House and Senate. And well, you know, what's to say that, you know, we pro prohibit possession of certain ammunition? What's to say that that certain ammunition isn't, you know, you know 55 Full Metal Jacket 223, you know? Well, like, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, so so we have this here in California. We have, we have this issue in California. Like, San Francisco banned the possession and usage of hollow point ammunition right you can like you can still carry and, and do all that and have with like full metal jacket right which over penetrates 
Yeah, you can't. Yeah. you can't use hollow points, which are designed to stop in the cavity. We wouldn't want any innocent bystanders to not get shot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, yeah, like someone unloads with a 10 millimeter full metal jacket. Oh, why did I hit the guy behind him? Well, you know, if he had a hollow point, (laughs) just stopped him dead. An FMJ Uh, 10 millimeter. If that guy isn't wearing body armor, you hit the guy behind the guy. <laughs> behind your target, <laughs> that that fucker just capped on a going. Yeah, I mean that's the dumbest. But the thing is, it's the same thing. It's it's built out of that same hysteria as like the Black Talons being banned. Like, and they're they're actually not. That's a myth. They're you can totally <laughs> go buy the modern version of the Black Talons because they were garbage rounds anyway back in the day. All they are is basically just a a frangible round. Yeah, like they're they're like a partially fragmented already so that they open up really nicely in these beautiful little petals. That's all they actually are. There's nothing special about them. They're like, they're a cop killer round. They're fucking hollow points. <laughs> I was about to make that point when back in the day, I was like, well, don't you support the banning of cop killer rounds? Well, what's, what's not a cop? It depends on how you use it. It's what, what is it? What's the definition of a cop killer round? Isn't it any round that you shoot a cop with? Like, it, yeah. you know, where does that stop? A blowgun dart can be a cop killer round, for God's sake. <laughs> when are we going to have common sense blow dart gun control? <laughs> Ban COVID. COVID kills cops. All right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, HR, HR 130, to require the safe storage of firearms and ammunition and to require the investigation of reports of improper storage of firearms or ammunition. How does that get enforced? What, what what's the process that that is going to get enforced? It's, they they're going to have to home visit also, now. It's also a Sheila Jackson Lee bill. Oh I'm, yeah, of course. So you know, just screw the Fourth Amendment. You know, they can just show up anytime, come into your house, and you know, make sure that you well, you are in compliance with HR one thirty. Like, but but between all the Alexas and and the all that other stuff, like the Amazon Echoes and. The ring doorbells and they already know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's ridiculous. It's all of these bills are like I I saw them and I was just like immediately my thought was well I guess that's how this is starting then. Yep. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I guess I, that's I, how I, this is starting. That's, and everybody's this is going to be everyone's favorite bill. Like this one, this one I bet money gets passed. This is uh, HR 167 to prohibit the transfer of a firearm at a gun show by a person who is not a federally licensed firearms dealer. You you already can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) My gun show loophole. Yeah, that's that, that just highlights the ignorance that that is out there surrounding how, how to get a firearm, you know, and, and yeah. what, what is, you know, what's not legal. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, right now already, if you are, if you can be a private citizen selling guns at a gun show, as long as it's a one-off thing and it's a reasonable amount of guns that you're selling, you'll be fine. You won't run afoul of, of the, you know, of any of the gun laws. However, you can't transfer ownership of that firearm yourself you will have to give it to an FFL to run a background check in order to give it to that person if you are selling it at a gun show under current laws. 
Yeah, unless you just meet him out back in the Walmart in 30 minutes, you know. Well, yeah, that 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 well depending I've, on the state. I have yeah, never that's... bought anything from a <laughs> van in a gun show parking lot ever. Well, you know, the thing the, speaking of that too, buying things out of trunks, it's not like the criminals like all of these gangbangers that are killing people and and things are going out and going to gun shows to go buy their guns. They're not going to be doing that. They're not already following the law. What they're doing is they're buying sto- already stolen guns out of the trunks of people's cars. You know, it, it's not about to, yeah. that, that's you're not you're, not you're not taking it to a place where you are required to fill out to transfer it to an FFL. Like, yeah, totally. Forty four seventy four. Um, and then the article goes on to say that uh, Congressman David Sicilian, a Rhode Island Democrat, has for the past two sessions uh, entered a bid to reboot and expand the long-expired long federal ban on assault weapons within the first two weeks of being sworn in. His latest attempt, which expired in December without leaving committee, had 216 co-sponsors. Which means we are definitely going to see that one again. Yep. Yep. We're going to see it and it may pass. And I mean, I have a feeling that they're going to try and pass it without a grandfather clause. Oh, this time. Yeah. So, but uh, the current house party breakdown, uh, the Dems own uh, 222 uh, Republicans, 211. So. I mean, that's. uh, (laughs) And this is how it starts, man. This is how it's yeah, going to start. I, I figured I figured that was happening, but this is how it's going to start. Yep. Um, yeah, and I mean, careful what they wish for, you know, as it's I mean, cuz I'm not I, I'm not I'm not turning in nothing. I'm not, you know, not happening. I'm I refuse to comply. So, you know, I don't even have, you know, my I FBI handler. We can, you know, <laughs> go and put me on record. Uh, I'm, you know, okay. it's not happening. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arm, the armed abolitionist patch. Yeah, and you know when I I told my I told my very soon to be fourteen year old son I was like you know kid I I the way things are going you might get a phone call from me one day and it's going to be a very short and you know I love you and I I did the best that I could but um, uh, they're here and uh, try to remember everything that I taught you and we're going to yep. try to make that the most painful gun confiscation there you go that's ever been you know. I hope I hope to make that. I hope when they do, I hope I make the national news. You know. Yep. Say when. Yeah. On your huckleberry. There's, yeah. There's there's only <laughs> one reason that a local gun conversation makes the national news. It's because it was particularly <laughs> violent. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. I love I love that patch. I really do. So. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, that's what we're looking at. That's the future, man. It's yeah. anybody who would, who's been sitting on the fence over gun rights, who's been convinced, oh, nobody's coming for your guns, blah, blah, blah. Well, oh, yeah, they clearly shit. fucking are. Yep. <laughs> well, they, all right, they let's, are about to. All right, let's, let's just let's get into that since we're dancing around the subject. Uh, this past week, the little, uh, little thingy that happened on Wednesday at Capitol Hill. You got. You guys uh, may. You may have seen something about it. The angry Maybe. yells I, of impotent rage. I just, <laughs> I just saw it in passing. Yeah. 
I mean, I may have seen something get mentioned. Yeah. I saw a meme or two that brought it up. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, the Viking shaman. <laughs> the memes how, of that how, guy are how tired. Cool. How tired are you getting seeing that guy? I, I'm not at all. I love you know every how, meme. <laughs> you know how many? You know how many people I've seen point to his 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 walnut tattoo and be like, "Oh, it's a pedo symbol." It's a Velgmut. That's what. <laughs> it's, it's an ancient Viking symbol. Oh, a, I, didn't, I didn't even. I didn't even see out of all nude on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, on, right on here his on his chest. chest. I didn't even I didn't even look that close. I was too I was too I was looking at the horns too much. <laughs> I guess the hor the horns and then like the American flag face paint like that's kind of it, yeah. <laughs> He's definitely got some individual style. <laughs> that's uh, that's the thing that he was wearing. You know, it's I mean that's wow. Okay, I mean I've seen people. Rock stuff like that, not quite the face paint, but the rest of the stuff occasionally, um, usually around campfires in the woods, and it involves peyote. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people wear similar things on trailer park meth. Yeah, you know, There's, uh, they don't they don't get fancy with peyote around here. I love the the one meme with the when you come out of your K hole and suddenly realize that you're in the middle of this. <laughs> The Capitol building. (laughs) 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 The memes, like, I don't know, like, uh, it's a toss-up for me between the memes and and the what it represents. That's my favorite part. Because, like, the memes, you guys, you guys know I love memes. Memes are right next to my heart, Mm. right? It's like, it's like, it's like freedom memes, chicken nuggets. Right, those those are my thing. <laughs> Chicken nuggies. <laughs> Chicken nuggies. Yeah. But and then like, so like my my whole thing. There's been a lot of people that are oh they didn't do anything, they didn't achieve anything, right? No no you know politicians were hurt. Blah 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 blah. Like my whole thing is it doesn't it's that has nothing to do with with what really happened, right? Even even their Trumpers and all that good stuff. I get that, but what it did is it set a precedent. It broke a mold. Right for the longest time, there was this this stigma. Right for the last like two hundred years, there's a stigma about government is holy, right? And doing this, right? Like they they went the the, the quote unquote right, right? The, the the righties, the Trumpers, the conservatives, what do you want to call them? They went from a permitted peaceful protest in which they picked up their own trash. To anti-mask protests, to anti-quarantine protests, to alleged plots of kidnapping politicians, to storming the freaking Capitol in less than a year. Yeah, in barely six months. Well, the 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 protest was in January, right? The big bagaloo was in January. Well, that first one, yeah, but I mean, like it 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 there started was, changing from uh, that. In yeah. less than six, like that's a rapid change and descent. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that like I've talked about before on, on a couple podcasts with the, the idea that, I mean, historically revolutions, like extreme changes, political changes that, that lead to a lot of violence tend to be very, very slow. 
and then they reach a point of critical mass. It's it's kind of the avalanche idea where uh-huh. initially it's it's slowly building and building and building, and then all it takes is that one thing, and then it will just go. And once it's going, there's no stopping it. It's going to happen. You can't prevent it. Yes. And I think that's what we've hit in the United States is where what we've been watching for the past 15 years, we've been watching this steadily build and build and build and build and build. And now we're at this point where we've hit critical mass and it's going and there's no stopping it now. Now that they've done it. Well, okay. So, so all this happened in the last year. Now we're coming into a Democrat controlled House, Democrat controlled Senate, Democrat president. We're already pre filed gun control bills. We're already talking assault weapons bans. Um, we're talking uh, 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 armor bans with no grandfather clause. We're talking like mag limits. We're talking like just this whole everything that they stand against, l- literally stand against. After this year of everything ramping up, and then this is coming along, like I, yep. I tell well, you, boys, I'm a, I'm a little excited. It, you know, and it seems like too that they're really they're like Overton window be damned at this point. It seems like they've got so much. Oh, there was, there was a like, truck. There was a truck that crashed right through the Overton window. It took out the frame. Yeah. It took out part of the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's idling in the living room right now. Well, you know, think about, too, about some of the videos we've been seeing in the past week. I mean, we've seen conservatives stomp on thin blue line flags. Yes, yes. We've seen uh, seen uh, them confront Lindsey Graham in the airport Mm -hmm. and call him a traitor. I mean, you know, you talk talk about a high priest of of the religion right there, you know, and and, – and all of the the negative reactions on, like, uh, on uh, uh, Pence's Twitter – you know, that he's been getting like you're starting to see like the conservatives are starting to realize like, hey, maybe maybe the Republican Party's not the answer. You know, it's it's, it's great to see. Well, yeah, they finally decided to start looking at slaughtering their sacred cow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, 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 quote, to quote Frank Zappa, right? I, I love this quote. He says, uh, without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of people deviating from their their normal preconceived ideas and ideologies yeah well it's and you know and and it's the result of they could be in denial for so long and still keep convincing themselves like okay well maybe maybe things will get better maybe it'll be okay maybe you know will be able to to fix it within the political process well, yeah, and that's, now they're that's realizing the, it doesn't matter that's the, the, that's the libertarian viewpoint right when you be when you go from two-party system you become a libertarian right you get this you get this this ideological belief that you know we can do this we can change it we just have to we just have to educate the right people we have to do this we have to do that we do that right and then when you realize that that's a fucking pipe dream you get angry like we, when you first come to anarchism, it doesn't matter who you are, you go through an angry anarchist phase. Yep. And that's where they're at. They're not. I'm not saying they're anarchists, but they've 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 come to the point that politically, that they can't do anything. So they've they've gone to the point where they've given up on the hope, and they've gotten very angry and disenfranchised. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. What's you know uh, almost almost all of my friends are conservative minded, if not you know Republican voters. And when I was talking to them, I was like, you know, I, I tell you what, guys, I I hope that Biden does win because I think that that is that right there is gonna need to happen. That's gonna be what it takes because if Trump wins, everyone's just gonna fall back and go back into that that uh, that lackadaisical kind of oh everything will be okay. Our boy won, so we don't have to do anything. We can just yeah. sit back be lazy fucks and not embrace it. But now everyone's starting to fucking panic. And I think that, you know, you know, I, I want to see conservative people start to back away from the Republican party and just say, Hey, yeah, there, there's no political solution to this thing. And it well, sucks you know, that we had to hear you to realize it, but. The craziest thing is, is I'm even hearing agreement when I say the entire system is irretrievably broken yes. and cannot be salvaged. I am even now getting because of Biden, because there was a ton of people on the left who didn't like Biden either. Yes. And didn't want him. I am now actually getting agreement from them, too, that the time to have the government that we have is passed. It clearly doesn't work. It's broken. We need to get rid of it. And when I start getting agreement from both sides of the aisle that, yes, it's time to get rid of it. Oh, it's happening. The the best quote that I heard all week, and it was from Eric July, and he says, you have have two groups of people in this, and this kind of segues a little bit into the article, but you have two groups of people in this country who fundamentally, diametrically, do not agree with each other. And your solution is to force them to live under the same government. That that's your solution. (laughs) And he was talking about, he said, you know, everyone conflates secession with, uh, civil war and they conflate it with violence and he goes secession might actually be the least violent way forward at this point because keeping everyone together under the same roof is is, is clearly not working so that was that was my favorite quote from the re- week I thought that just hit it out of the park oh yeah July's been on fire the past week oh. he, his quotes have just been amazing like every one of his tweets I'm like yes yes yeah. that <laughs> yeah. His, yeah his videos have been man his just his delivery and he never stumbles. It's just so, man, yeah. He, yep. uh, Eric, Eric July, um, Pete Kionez, and Shane oh. Hazel. I don't know if you guys know Shane Hazel. Shane Hazel is the reason there was a runoff in Georgia. Huh. Right? Libertarian huh. ri- libertarian in Georgia. Um, he's, um, um, he's part of this whole... Uh, we need to radicalize people to, 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 to cause change. Yeah, camp right now. Like him, him and Pete Kionez, um, the Mises Libertarian Caucus, talk about taking over the Libertarian Party and all this other stuff through radicalizing people. Like, like the big tagline is like, "There's no domestic terrorists that are libertarians." Like, how how can you how can you call yourself like extreme if there's the federal government's not scared of you? Well, yeah. Right? At this point, if you're not viewed as a dangerous extremist. You you are a pussy, like complacent. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're completely totally. and you're an irrelevant afterthought at this point because yeah. no everything is everything has been pushed to the extremes. You are either extreme right or extreme left or want none of it, and you're an anarchist at this point. And anyone who pretends that they're not, who tries to sit in the middle, is because they're just a, an irrelevant milk toast person. Like yeah, they I mean, they don't matter. I mean, to to I hate to use this BS line about you know three percent right that was that was the 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 
the thing under the the American Revolution, the Revolutionary War, it was like three percent of the population fought back, blah blah blah, and then like the rest of the population either stayed out of it or, you know, they tried to try to stay neutral or they they helped a little bit, right? Well, that's what it is. There's like the extreme three percent, right, on the right, and then there's like the extreme three percent on the left, and there's pieces of both sides that help, and then there's like the anarchists that are like, I don't want any of it. <laughs> Like, I, I, I appreciate you two fighting. Like, that's enjoyable. I love the memes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... Whatever like, you I'll, do, I'll do not you, stop the memes. I'll help, I'll help memes you tear old. it down. I'll help you tear it down. I ain't helping you build anything back up. In fact, I'll probably shoot you in the face if you try to build it back up. Yeah. Once it's gone, I want it to be gone. Minecraft. <laughs> it's, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is remember, you know, as I always say, that... To, to quote Littlefinger, you know, Lord Baelish from Game of Thrones, chaos is not a pit. Chaos is, in fact, a ladder. At least in this case, when it comes to political chaos, it is a ladder, and it's a ladder that anarchists can use. But yeah. you have to be willing and able to use it, because if you're not, I mean, at this point, if you call yourself an anarchist and you're not evangelizing <laughs> anarchism to people like now is the time to do that if there was ever a moment in your life where you needed to be telling people about anarchism and presenting this alternative it is right now have you right have now. you seen have yeah. you seen the post from anarchists talking about how storming the capitol building was a nap violation oh jesus oh, christ <laughs> anarchist quota air quotes you see anarchist. The... Nick uh, Nick Sarwak essentially said that on, on uh, on Twitter. Nick Sarwak is the ex president of the uh, Libertarian Party. Absolutely fucking roasted. It was beautiful. Oh, good. He should be. Yeah, as you should be, because it's retired. I mean, that um, you know, that's kind of the crux of so many of these guys' justification for why they're not doing anything is, oh, it would violate the nap and they're ignoring the entire time that the mere existence of government is itself a violation of non-aggression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it, the only reason that a government can exist is because it is claiming and can enforce the fact that it has the sole discretion to use coercive force. Yes. Every, that's it. Every single politician in that building, the people helping them in that building, we're complacent in the usurpation of your freedoms, right? Yeah. And I, I get it. I get it. Like, you know, we shouldn't go be killing bookkeepers and secretaries and all that shit. I'm not saying that. I'm absolutely not saying that. They are not a threat to you. They're bookkeepers and politicians. They're bookkeepers and, and secretaries. But they're not innocent. They know who they work for. Well, yeah, it's it's exactly the same thing as the during during the Holocaust, the people who were really responsible for the Holocaust weren't the, weren't Himmler. They, it wasn't Hitler. It was the guy who made sure that the trains ran on time. It's the guy who made sure that the train track was maintained. It's the guys who made sure that they kept track of all of the registered Jews. It's those functionaries. They're the reason that that machine could run. If you don't have the cogs, the machine can't function. It's the same thing in the Soviet Union. The Politburo themselves weren't responsible for the gulags. They, they didn't do that. It was the everyday functionaries. It was the neighbors who denounced their neighbors. It was all of that 
that was responsible for that. It was all of the little bits and pieces. So if you think that by being a bit or a piece in that, that somehow you're innocent of the greater achievement of that machine, you're wrong. Mm. Yeah. Wrong. Complacent, complacency in the face of evil is being part of evil. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. And it, I mean, we can talk about the, uh, I got an article from, um, from Mises about the American revolution was a culture war. And I, I think this ties in a lot to what we're currently seeing and, and current, what we are currently seeing is a, is a culture war, right? There's, there's no, I don't want to say there's no, but there's, there's a very minute culture of freedom in this country. Right. And I don't mean, I don't mean that ethno state, you know, skin color bullshit culture. I mean, people that grow up eating, breathing, sleeping, living freedom, living liberty, living in a way that doesn't hurt anyone else, that doesn't support the evil, that is the, 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 the cathedral, the, the government. There's a very small culture of people that, that live that way, right? We have, we have a huge culture of, of, of slavery. I don't, and, and not the chain slavery, it's the, you guys know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's, not, it's not chattel slavery, but it's, yeah. yeah. It's it's institu- it's like it, it, it almost financial slavery really yeah. you know you're just we're all just well, tax cattle on a tax farm. Well, it's it's serfdom, you know, is what it is. It's it's serfdom. It's think uh, the even and that existed in Russia clear into you know the rule of the Romanovs way way later than it existed in the entire rest of Europe. I mean that existed yeah. in Russia until the well until the Russian Revolution really, uh, and then you had serfs. They, they could be bought and sold. They weren't slaves in the idea that they were chained up and they were beaten regularly and everything else, but they couldn't own land. They couldn't go off and do whatever they wanted. Yeah. They had to live where their masters told them to live and they were owned. Yeah. Like there's, there are, there are bookkeeping things within, you know, medieval Europe and, and in Russia where, you know, kings and things will grant X amount of serfs to these nobles and things and take their serfs away and stuff like that was a threat. That's where we're at. I mean, is we're essentially just serfs where day to day we're not slaves, but at the end of it, no, we're, we're all slaves. So yeah, Yeah. I I, I want, I want to read these two paragraphs from this article. Um, Again, that the, this article will be linked. All articles we talk about are linked in the description, but, um, uh, the taxation without representation argument endures, of course, because it is useful for the regime and its backers. Advocates for the advocates for the political status quo insist there is no need for anything like the Boston Tea Party today because modern Americans enjoy representation in Congress. We are told that taxation and the regulatory state are all necessarily moral and legitimate because the voters are, quote, represented. Even conservatives who often claim to be, quote, for small government – often oppose radical opposition to the regime, such as secession, on the grounds that the political resistance movements are only acceptable when there is no political representation. The the implication is that since the United States holds elections every now and then, no political action outside of voting and maybe a little sign-waving is allowed. It's unlikely that the Sons of Liberty would have bought that argument. Uh, 
The small number of millionaires who meet Washington, D.C. nowadays are hardly representative of the American public back home. The 1770s equivalent would have consisted of throwing the Americans a few bones in the form of a handful of votes in Parliament, with seats uh, to be readily held by the few wealthy colonists far beyond the reach or influence of the average members of the Sons of Liberty. Yep. So. Exactly. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's actually, that's exactly the thing that you saw um, the French Revolution, where they gave the people votes and, you know, to participate. And then at the end of the day, the king was still just like, nah, and could just ignore them. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah. that was, you know, because that was, that was the whole thing that kind of led to the French Revolution was that finally people realized, wait a minute, we, we don't actually have any say like our, our voices are in fact actually irrelevant <laughs> well i mean we we have that with the electoral college yeah yeah exactly that's <laughs> your your vote doesn't matter if somebody else has to, if the if, if, if the electoral college exists at any rate your individual vote doesn't matter yeah exactly and if, yeah. if the i mean and remember that who the electoral college is is secret. We don't get to know who they are. Yeah. And there's so, there's little to no punishment for going against the vote of the quote of the people. Yeah. So we we I mean to think that it's not an oligarchy is absurd because it absolutely is. You even if even if your voting made any difference, any appreciable difference at all, and this wasn't already all predecided, and we all know that it is, even if that was the case. You could all, an entire state could vote one way. The members of the Electoral College for that state could be like, nah, I hate that guy. And then not vote for him. And all of your voices were just muted. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we talked about it a couple months ago about um, uh, this election. Uh, like seven and a half billion dollars was spent on this election. <sighs> right? And like, like five, like it was like five point five billion dollars of that was lobbyist lobbying money, and and political action committees, and like the other two billion was from like individual donors being being like sent to politicians for advertising and whatnot. But <laughs> like like they spent seven and a half billion dollars on this election, and you think government represents you? No. Like we like we were we were talking we were talking before this before we started recording like um Biden's pick for Secretary of Defense has to leave his job at Raytheon to take the job as a Secretary of Defense. Oh, and he's getting a one point seven million dollar bonus. Bonus. Bonus for leaving his job to yeah. go to government. That was built into his contract. That if he managed to get appointed to a government spot, yeah. he got a bonus to quit. Uh, like that, like that was a that was a very real possibility when they put that in. Like that was, that's something that there's precedent for that happening before. Like, yeah. Um, uh, Bezos, uh, Amazon, Amazon just hired a lobbyist that is the brother of the of one of the political advisors for Joe Biden. <laughs> to quote George Carlin, it's a great big club, and you aren't fucking in it. It's a fucking caste system. It is. It's a blatant caste system, and it's but it's it's the most insidious kind of caste system because it's a caste system 
that convinces people, oh, but it's not a caste system. And it's, don't worry, you can advance. You can have a voice. Promise. <laughs> Scout's honor. Just, just vote. You matter. Just vote really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't worry, you matter. I mean, that was one of the things, too, that's, um, if you watch my the when I was on um, Nick Irwin's uh, podcast um, and talking about how I became an anarchist, that was one of the things that pushed me into it is I still thought like I was largely a libertarian, but I still thought, you know, because of that, that I can work within the political process and I can change things from the inside. <laughs> and <laughs> that all changed when I went to a meeting, a closed door. And I mean, closed, like this is a secret meeting, invite only at the house of the guy who runs the uh, Republican Party here in um, the state of Wisconsin. Um, a bunch of people, including uh, Governor Walker and, and other people, were there. And um, it was to discuss strategy for how, even though local elections are supposed to be non-party, how the Republican Party could secretly help people that it wanted in office and set that up and i mean it was like like local major business owners and all this other stuff were there and like how i wound up with an invite still kind of blows my mind because it's not like i had any clout at all but they wanted me to run at the time against tammy baldwin who's who's a state senator now um and i was supposed to run against her until i brought up when i introduced myself to the group that i was a libertarian and that i held freedom above all and thought and honestly believe that the less government involvement in people's lives, the better. Until I said that, I was the pick. And within literally hours of that meeting, I was told, never mind, we're going with Dan Kapanke instead, who is a former senator <laughs> and a very mainstream Republican. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, yep, that see, told me see, everything I needed to know. If you yeah. just keep your mouth shut, you could be in a three-piece suit right now, smoking that big cigar while getting your uh, <laughs> shoes polished. Well, getting shoes something. polished in an office shoes. from an intern. Yeah, Shoes polished. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're calling it. All right. It's, uh, you know. and, then, yeah. and then when people when people ask why you hire her, she, you can just say because she has great assets. <laughs> <laughs> so, her, all right, um, I, I tell you what, her her brain is just <laughs> phenomenal. It's yeah. big, really big. It, yeah, it's all about it's all about her head. To hear. Brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, uh, I, I want to read another paragraph on this article. Uh, by the late 1700s, the the fever behind the revolution had already gone beyond mere complaints about taxation. Uh, this was just one issue among many. Rather, the revolution quickly became a culture war of self-styled, quote, Americans were taking up arms against foreign, immoral, corrupt oppressors. Mere offers of, quote, representation were hardly sufficient at this point, and unlikely any such offer were going to be held after the events of 1775, when the British finally marched into Massachusetts and opened fire on American militiamen. After that, the war had become, to use Rothbard's term, quote, a war of national liberation. The ideological and psychological divide perhaps explained the ferocity which what the American revolutionaries resisted British rule. 
yeah, and nobody wants to talk about that frosty either. You'll notice, like in school, when you learn about it, no one talks about just how nasty the colonists actually got, where they were like breaking into the homes of British officers and murdering them in their <laughs> in their beds and uh -huh. stuff and ambushing. You know, when they talk about like you'll hear about ambushing the the tax collectors and stuff and being tarred and feathered, and it's just glossed over as oh, they just kind of you know they threw this tar on them and That's just, as if it was no big deal. That's literally the next segment of the of the article. Uh, yeah, they they don't want to talk about what that actually entails and what happens to you if that happens. Yeah, well, I mean to to tie this back to to what happened and what what's currently happening, um, the Americans they felt disenfranchised, right? They felt completely unrepresented by the government and that was that was that was ruling over them disenfranchised it's it's a terrible feeling like when you feel oh what's the word voiceless right i mean that mm -hmm. that should that should be it that should be a term you guys know from you know what is it riots or violence violence is the voice of the yeah the the yeah the violence is the voice of the voiceless um and uh those who you know jfk himself said those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable yeah and we're not saying wednesday was not a revolution the no, capital was not, was not no. a revolution that was a that was an, an impotent status circle jerk is what that was uh <laughs> that was I saw uh, what Michael Malice said this week. He said the difference between because everyone's calling it an in, you know an insurrection. The difference between an insurrection and resistance is is merely corporate sponsorship at this point. So you know it's sorry you don't have <laughs> you don't have big tech backing you up. You know so it's yeah. an it's an insurrection. It's you know it's it's well, yeah, I violent, mean, to, you, know? you know history history is written by the victors, right? That's yeah. what, that's, what, that's what we're told, right? That's what like. We're told about the American Indian heritage and all that good stuff. Well, you know, they're conquered people. Well, we are a conquered that's, people. Yeah. yeah. And most part. That's, I mean, and that's also, you know, the, the corporate sponsorship. I mean, Ireland, the, the Irish Civil War, um, part of the reason why it stalled out initially after the Prolactinarian in, in Easter of 16 was that they didn't have backup. They didn't have anybody that could get them guns. They didn't have anybody who could get them ammunition. They couldn't, they didn't have any of that. Like, okay, I can do a fight once for a few <laughs> hours and that's all I got. Well, when that happens, you, it peters out. And yeah. then later on, you know, over the years, then the Germans, because the Germans were like, hey, wait a minute, this will distract the British. This could be a good idea. And then start shipping them arms arms and ammunition although weirdly they also ship them to the uvf so both sides <laughs> um there was a lot of uh m98s german m98s being used just saying in uh in the the irish revolution but that was when things turned into a real revolution where a true civil war developed was when suddenly there was backing from somebody who had the capability of backing them Mm -hmm. When that happened, now things have changed. The other thing that's weird about the American Revolution and the American Civil War and the Irish Civil War is that 
you know, everybody complains about the liberal media now and, oh, well, we're not getting the right media coverage. And that's why we don't, we don't have the media coverage. You know, they didn't then either. They just made their own fucking newspapers, didn't they? And they just started putting their own shit. So I'm just saying, like, if that's what's stopping you, dude, you can print your own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Start a fucking podcast, just sissies. Yeah, exactly. Start your podcast. Make sure it's super professional like this one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't edit <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> no, edit just go live. No preparation whatsoever. Because, yeah. I mean, I know I don't prepare at all. <laughs> uh, well, you know, to I- expand on that point, you know, and looking at modern day, you know, what's something, what, what would be what would be something that, that Americans have in abundance to kind of help them out with a, with a, a revolution or a civil war type situation? What's, what's the thing that, that, you know, most, there's, you know, at least one or two for every American, you know, I just want to like, like eight for every American or something like that. I think at this point it's something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, there <laughs> were, there were in, in the last year in the, in the last year, right. There was like 20, 21 million first time gun owners purchased firearms. And I wasn't a majority of them women too. Uh, not a majority, not a majority, quite but a few. Um, the oh, percentages, percentages of women and minorities, uh, are were far higher than they were uh, any year before. Yeah, if you if you look at the the reports lately, it's been like tons of these articles coming out about how all of these new gun owners that are suddenly occurring are not the people that traditionally people think of when they think of a gun owner. Like it's not the you know the mid forties white male living in the country it's you know it's uh it, it's women it's young women it's young men you know teenagers it's people who you know are of color who live in the inner cities who are legally buying firearms and things who are not involved in gangs and stuff they're they're just average everyday people who are like okay clearly now i do need a gun that are going out and buying it and it's shifting the demographics so massively yeah. Then it's no wonder that the left is intentionally trying to ignore it, because yeah. otherwise it would ruin their narrative. <laughs> and then, and then the federal government is going to go ahead and make them all criminals now. So you know what's that? What's that do to the mindset right there? Yeah. So um, there's you know, a surprise. Thanks, guys. Like, like you said, government's its its own worst enemy. So you know. Hey. Um, that one. Yeah. Okay. Back to, back to this article. There's just a couple quick paragraphs. It's the. Uh, uh, for now, the cultural divide in the United States today has yet to reach the proportions experienced during the Revolution, or for that matter, during the 1850s that led up to the American Civil War. But if hostilities reach this point, there will be little use in discussions over the size of the tax burden, mask mandates, or nuances of abortion policy. The disdain felt for, by each side for the other side will be far beyond mere compromise over arcane matters of policy. That's kind of where we're at. Just putting that out there. Yeah. We've, um, we've gotten... Ooh, oh, I forgot to latch that uh, ammo case. Oh, oh, oh that could oh, have been... No. Don't, get up, don't <laughs> get up and run away. Yeah. You're in violation <laughs> of HR 130. That would have been bad, because that would have been a lot of rounds all over the place. No, what I was going <laughs> to say was... You know, at this point, people have realized that words don't fix things, and they're going to that. Yeah. And when well, you get to the point where this is where people feel, 
things are going to change whether you want them to or not. Well, yeah, that's that's what they're saying. They're, they're, you know, the, the four boxes, right? You got the the ballot box, the soap box, the jury box, and the ammo box. And the ammo box, right? Well, the ballot box obviously doesn't work. The jury box doesn't work if you can't get on the jury, right? The, the soap box—they're fucking banning everybody. Well, yeah, you can't even you can't even because that was I think you know too that was like the last thing that everybody was hanging on to. Was like, but I can still get my voice heard on social media. And now that they're just banning people left and right, they're taking that away too. <laughs> yep, Chris with the old black ball. Yeah, done. So, but yeah, like our our other our other podcast co-host Christopher, right? He got the big zuck. You know, our we have I, what's the that Charlie group? What's there like five people in that group that have gotten the big zuck? Christopher, there's uh, it's quite a few. Uh, oh Christ, I don't know. It's, it's probably I mean, it's yeah. a lot. And like fourteen people, five of them big zucks. Yeah. And then the the Anfam group I created, there's probably there's what seven, seven or eight in there out of forty. Yeah, that are that are permanently banned <laughs> from most social media. <laughs> It's and the thing is, is it's not even and like you'll get a lot of people, you'll see a lot of anarchists who'll sit there and they'll yell and scream. Well, they're private companies; they can do what they want. Well, if first of all, no, they're not. If you're private. taking yeah. government money, you're not fucking private. You're not private, yeah. not at I mean, all. They're they're not private. They're not privately owned, really. They're government owned. Government has paid, bought, and paid for them at this point. And because of government control and their and it's not like government has had to threaten them. Like, remember, there's been apps that government has had to, like, full-on threaten uh-huh. to do things. Like, there was that email email company uh, a couple of years ago where government said, well, you have to turn over your user list because it was, like, this anonymous email server. And instead, they deleted everything and shut down the company because they flat-out refused. No. Um, Twitter could do that. Zuck could do that if he actually believed in freedom, but I think everybody has known for a very long time that robot fucking lizard android motherfucker definitely doesn't believe in freedom. No. Well, it was nice seeing you on Facebook, Andrew. <laughs> 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 Gonna miss you. Man, I caught a 24-hour ban yesterday because I posted me making fun of Buffalo Face. All right? The, the Buffalo American flag face dude from the thing. It was like the steal his look meme. And it had like all this, this cheap <laughs> shit you could buy to dress like him. And it was making fun of him. And I got a 24-hour ban for supporting a violent group. Wow. <laughs> I, That's a stretch, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? God, I love Telegram. <laughs> just, yeah. Just put that out there. Oh my god. But I mean that's that's what we're seeing though is we're seeing Twitter not behave like a private company. Facebook doesn't behave like a private company. Instagram doesn't behave like a private company. These companies are behaving as extensions of the government. Well, they're I mean, censoring speech you gotta remember too, like, like all these all these, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google, um, Amazon, Microsoft like less than a month ago, weren't they on the floor talking to the Senate and antitrust hearings? Yep. Yeah. And now they're serial banning thousands. Because that's 
that's totally that's totally gonna help people get over their anger is taking away their voices. Yeah, that that's definitely gonna douse the flames, you know. It's not gonna you incite know, any here, here we go. Anything. Here we go. Perfect tie in. Perfect tie. You uh Chris, you were watching the show before we got on, you're watching Tread. We, you and I were talking about it. Yeah. Right? Marvin Hammer, Killdozer. They fucked with him, and they fucked with him, and they fucked with him, and then they ignored him. And then, you know, he had he felt he had no recourse, right? And, you know, we know what he did to Granby. Reasonable men must sometimes be forced into doing unreasonable things. Reasonable yeah. things. I was going to grab my patch. I should have grabbed it. I don't, it's like, of all patches, I don't have a Killdozer patch. Yeah, I don't really? have one either, and I'm I'm kind of now kicking myself. Like I'm looking at how many patches I have. So really? I have a fucking Donald Trump Space Force patch for God's sake. <laughs> Hold on one sec. I'm grabbing it. Like, I got some no step on snake patches and pedal patches, but I don't have any. I don't have I don't have a killdozer patch. I need a killdozer patch now. But either way, yeah, the, I need the, to the go point get one. the point I was I was trying to make is is. Um, like Marvin, Marvin Hamer, you, you can take that situation and apply it to the, to the average American right now, or the the, the average. I hate to use the word liberty loving because a, a lot of the Qtars aren't actually liberty loving. Ooh, there you go. That's the good one too. Yeah. That's yeah. Got, like, the date on it. Where'd you get that one? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Actually, oh, that doesn't I help don't. Me. I'm sorry. You do Google it. You'll, I'm gonna have if to, you're not picking up tomorrow, I'll, I'll Google it. I'll Google it. We'll we'll hit some Google foo and and see it. Oh. I mean, assuming I don't get droned or black bagged, I'll yeah, I'll right. look it up and yeah. I had, I had to go take it off my uh, flex arm park. I uh, had it on the sleeve. On your what? On the, your, oh, flex turn what? My flex arm parka. Uh, I got to get me some flectarn because it actually works in Wisconsin because Wisconsin has so much of the same vegetation as Germany. It's yeah. perfect. I've got uh, I've got some uh, uh, tropentarn. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, the wustentarn uh, that wear in the wintertime. But, yeah, and it's uh, in the fall. That works great uh, out here in Iowa and Nebraska. Yeah, there's my, there's my new one. It says, uh, it says violence may not be the best option, but it is an option. <laughs> yeah, see, and here I am rocking that one. Actually, officer, I'm here to confiscate. Yeah. No, officer, I'm here to confiscate you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. That's a good one. But uh, either, what, what I was getting at before, um, the, the the situation, Marvin Hamer killed us, right? Like, the government fucked with him and fucked with him and fucked with him and fucked with him, and then they ignored him. And then he got desperate, right? Because they, they, they took away what he held value, right? That was his, his ability to to resist peacefully. It's a similar situation. It's a similar situation. And right now, a lot of, there's a, like, you know, what was it, 70 million votes for, for Trump? Something like that? Like 75 million for Biden or some BS? Like, Trump got more votes than Obama did? Yep. Right? So... And I'm not saying like all the Trumpers, right? They're not, you know, all freedom lovers. They're just a lot of them are anti-liberal, anti-socialist. We're not going to go down. We're not going to go down that retarded rabbit hole. But yeah, um, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of people right now that absolutely do not feel represented. They absolutely do feel disenfranchised. And now, in a lot of ways, 
they feel voiceless right and then and then you then you throw things on top right you got the the democrat controlled house democrat controlled senate you got biden coming into office lindsey graham doing lindsey graham things <laughs> that guy just I, every time i think he couldn't hit a new low i'm like wow oh he does yeah he he openly, <laughs> he openly said that he would support uh, merrick garland i just yeah and so, in awe. <laughs> yeah, but the point I'm getting to is is that with with all these these gun control laws, right? We we talked about before with the uh, the escalation over the last year, right? The 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 willingness set it, setting a precedent, breaking that mold, breaking that mold, breaking that mold, and with everything new coming in, every the the future, it whatever the federal government does is going to set the tone, right? If the government, they've already arrested a lot of these guys that stormed the Capitol, mm-hmm. right? And like, not just, not just the, the, the Buffalo guy and, and the, the lectern guy, but like, like w- there's police officers that were there as part of, part of the raid, part of the storming. There were uh, a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the air force that was mm-hmm. there in full, in full battle rattle, ready to go. Uh, he was, he was uh, representative from West Virginia, right? The F- FBI arrested uh-huh. him at his house. Yeah, yeah a couple him of pol- politicians that were in there and all sorts of stuff. But, like, if the government comes out swinging, if Biden and, and the Dems come out swinging, the, pres- the, it's, the, the precedent is set, right? That you, ha- you have to escalate force at that point. Things get really, really spicy. Or, or... The federal government says, oh, wait, they're really angry. We need to chill. We're not going to go after these guys. We're not going to pass this gun control. We're just going to relax and, and, and try to calm everybody down, which would only embolden them, and they're going to get spicy again anyway. Well, I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened when Trump was elected. Remember when, when we were looking at po- a possibility that Hillary Clinton was possibly going to win, and, and the right was basically saying, we'll go to war over yeah. it and stuff and then trump gets gets selected and he's really a psyop he's selected the, yeah, so the, that the, the great appeaser yeah so that all of the the people who are ready to go to war will calm down for a little while and think they have a voice and convince themselves no it's okay and their their stockholm syndrome will get worse again and then now, as he's leaving office, you'll notice that his rhetoric inadvertently, his fake rhetoric, actually spurred people to action. But now what's happening is now he's been deplatformed and everything else. If the, the left doesn't figure out that they still need to chill for a while mm-hmm. and they actually do what they keep saying, which is, oh, it's going to be our time now and it's time for revenge. Remember, they oh, keep talking about God. revenge. So many of those kind of tweets. Yeah, and if that oh. actually happens now, while everyone still remembers, hey, we stormed the state, you know, we stormed buildings of the state and basically took them with minimal resistance, if they try too fast, that's it. It's game over. We are going into another civil war. That is going to freaking happen. There's nothing you can do about it. 
And I'm I'm hoping that that occurs because I really want to like be able to bring popcorn <laughs> as I watch those two sides of this conflict destroy each other. I want to just watch and be like, this is great. Oh, oh no. Oh, look at that. Oh, you bring the popcorn. I'll bring the beer. We'll sit up there with the roof Koreans. Lawn <laughs> <laughs> chairs. Your feet kicked up. You know, maybe maybe blast some uh, some like Marilyn Manson and Power Man Five Thousand, and Chris you got a soundtrack Chris going. A bush, Chris can bring a bush up on the roof with us, and he can sit there and hide in it with his fleck turn. It's <laughs> 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 a fucking og. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, a bush. Uh, yeah, a bush on the roof. They'll never see me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andrew. He he rocks an og. Really, a uh, fire og. Uh, I have a, I have an AR too, and and you know PTR ninety one, and and yeah, I, I actually my my AR is my is transition to my 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 main go to. Uh, of all the of all of the bull pups that are out there, that is not what I would call the best. Uh, <laughs> it's the the manual of arms is very awkward. I don't like I I almost prefer the tactical tuna to it. The uh, the um, what S two thousand or whatever the. Black, yeah, the, uh, um, the FN. FN. Yeah, I, I almost prefer that. Actually, really, the, the two best are the FAMA, for sure. The FAMA is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing bullpup. Uh, next cool. is the Desert Tech MDR. The MDR is beyond fabulous. I have almost nothing but good things to say about the Desert Tech and the company, because when they found out that uh, it was super ammunition sensitive because of the way they'd done their gas block, their just yeah. gas block, and people said, hey, this is a problem. And in range and forgotten weapons said, hey, this is a problem. You sent us this test and this isn't working. They immediately not only fixed it for future ones, got a hold of all of the owners of them and said, hey, all you got to do is bring this in. We will send your gunsmith a new gas block and he can put it in and you will have the improved gas block for free. Sorry about that. We screwed up. So I love, I, yeah. I love Desert. So, um, yeah. What, Chris, yeah, yeah they, I love it. The the, uh, the AUG I actually don't use the the foregrip I I leave it pointed straight with the barrel and I just grab it underneath the the front where the the enlarged trigger guard is I just grab it like that so it's kind of AR like and it does actually fit my hand pretty decent instead of buying like one of those three hundred dollar hand guards that that replaces it that's kind of a waste but yeah if you handle it like that it's definitely a lot better I I, I you know the foregrip is just you can't use the foregrip like you would on an AR forend because you're just grabbing the barrel at that point. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Ah Scott. It's still a bullpup. Yeah, it's still the problem is still mag changes. And if you have a malfunction, you're chucking it away and transitioning to pistol. And I don't I don't like that idea at all. That's yeah, a terrible idea. Uh, I That's did put a uh, I did put a uh, 2020 precision trigger sear in it and a metal one and it, it's oh my it is it's pretty for a bullpup, it's a pretty nice trigger right now. It's really nice. That's actually surprising because bullpups have notoriously horrific triggers. Yeah, it, 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 it was noticeable, the difference that it makes. You just basically, because the, 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 the stock sears are plastic, and you put a metal one in, and apparently that's the, that's the difference maker. But yeah, and it's a really flat in, uh, recoil impulse. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't ride. Right? I got a decent brake on there too, but it just I mean, it it's it's nothing. I mean, it's just it it pops off really well. So yeah, that's fun. I mean, I can see for the boog that would be useful because then if you're getting in and out of vehicles, 
yes. which you're probably going to be doing a lot. Yeah. Bullpup, that's what it's designed for. That's what it's there for. Is yeah. You still have a sure. full-length barrel, but it's a nice, short, compact weapon that fits in vehicles very easily. I just prefer folding or telescoping stocks for that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just easier for me. Like, ah, I'm just, and I'm good. I mean, when we ran and gunned, um, we, you know, we'd hop out of birds and stuff, and we our weapons were already in battle configuration. So everything's already set. Like, the pole is already set on the collapsing stocks. It's all ready to rock. Um, my personal favorite that I usually used if I had a choice was a scar. Just because I love the scar, it destroys optics if you don't have a scar compatible yeah. optic. But man, is it a lovely weapon to shoot! It's so nice, it's so reliable. It doesn't have malfunctions that ARs can be prone to. I freaking love it. I love that gun. Absolutely love well, that I, gun. I get, I grip, I grip too high, and the reciprocating bolt just. Oh yeah, that'll yeah. not only hurt you but cause a malfunction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful. Yeah, I mean that's a problem, but. I don't know. The AR is good, but I, I usually like to scar. I also usually like the 240, and M240 just... Well, you're, I'm a machine you're, gun guy. Yeah, you're a yeah. blackout guy right now, right? Yeah, I've, I have mo uh, both of my, my primary ARs are in 300 blackout, and then I have an AK that's also a 7.62. I like the bigger round. Yeah. I just do. It's It goes through cover better, and I worry about going through cover, especially if you're in an urban setting or any kind of a forest setting. That's going to matter. It's going to make a difference. I would like to get an AR pistol in 458 SOCOM. Yeah. I, talk about going through cover in an <laughs> urban setting. <laughs> yeah. Because what, uh, what was that? There was the meme, and it was the one where it's, uh, Undertaker behind, I think, Chris Jericho, and it was like the Fed, the Fed boy with no backplate, and it was like 458 SOCOM vibe check. <laughs> Surprise! That is a hell of a round. See, but that's what everybody needs to do, especially if they start doing the high-capacity ammunition uh, magazine uh, bands, is go, well, but this only holds eight rounds of 458 SOCOM. Yeah, which means you just relabel all of these as 458 SOCOM mags. It only holds eight, so yeah. it's not high capacity anymore. Ha! Huh. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and just slap a warning like "not to be used" with five five six. Done. That's actually. Ever. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's that's amazing right there. Imagine. Just dropping full auto ten rounds of four fifty eight so calm on the shooting line next to a couple of fuds. <laughs> oh, it's it kicks like a bitch, especially out of a short barrel, and the fire that you get out of those is oh, I'm just sure. obscene. I mean, that's that's why I always bring it up to people. That's why you use a suppressor. Is it's we use suppressors all the time by default, just always. Not because we cared about the sound, because we didn't. It was because we care about the muzzle flash. Muzzle flash, yeah. Because if you're rocking a 10-inch barrel, and it's at night, and you're on a rooftop and fire, everyone knows you're there now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you, you might as well have a big flashing neon sign. Shoot here with an arrow. <laughs> the terror, I've seen guys do that. I actually watched a guy do that on a neighboring rooftop at night. He stood up and fired, and I watched it and went, oh, no. <laughs> around just endlessly at that rooftop, and everyone's like, oh, God. <laughs> don't do that. That's a terrible, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't be that guy. 
So, all right, we got about half hour left ish. Have we have we, have we beat that um, subject to death? Oh, I'm yeah. sure we could more if we really wanted to. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do a couple episodes on that subject and what's yeah. coming. Yeah, just endlessly go into it. I before we transition, I do want to reiterate again. I mean, as as a a military historian looking at revolutions and looking at what precedes major civil wars, and not just older civil wars, but I mean even modern civil wars were preceded uh, the descent into chaos that was uh, the Serbian civil war. You know, I mean, everybody remembers Kosovo and stuff, and well, at least if you're over like twenty years old, you remember Kosovo. Uh, <laughs> well, 20, 25? I don't know, was that like 94, 95? Something like Something that. Like that. Yeah, 95, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people remember Kosovo, and that transition into that looked a lot like this does right now um, as it led up to it, and you see it over and over and over again. The Spanish Civil War, you kind of see that. You just, it's a constant thing where, you get to this point where the government just it can't tolerate speech that is uh, dissident to it because that speech has become so, you know, has been made so extreme that if they allow it at all, not only, not extreme, only extreme, not only extreme, but accepted. Yeah. And they, they can't allow it. They have to crack down on it. And when that occurs, like when it gets that extreme that the government can't allow it, the government has to disenfranchise those people, which is the flick over of the domino. And it's it has become inevitable at that point when it gets to that point. And that is where we're at, is that domino is just waiting to get tipped. And once it does, yep. you are either going to have to lead, follow, or get the fuck out the way. Yep. Sure. It, all, it all started when they shot that gorilla. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> And, yeah, who knew that Harambe was the he was the, the the glue that held this timeline together. Now that he's gone, there's no, yeah. that's it. So. <laughs> all, all fell apart. It's, all right. it, it all started in 2016 with this gorilla. <laughs> that fucking gorilla. <laughs> As we stare off into the distance, talking to our grandkids. Yeah, oh. it killed that beautiful silverback right in front of us. Yeah, yep. and once 20. that happened. Yeah, 2024, we're all going to be sitting around a can of beans going, I miss the internet. And then somebody's going to draw a picture of Harambe that says dicks out. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm planning on just like, one, my, my post-apocalyptic year will simply feature my dick hanging out in honor of Harambe just by default. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, yeah. out there, Andrew out there running and gunning 300 blackout assless chaps. <laughs> but but they'll, be camo, they'll be camo though. They'll be camo yeah. assless chaps. Yeah. Custom, custom made uh, flectarn assless chaps. Beautiful. Uh, just like the German just, army would run. Yes. He'll have a, he'll have a patch across his chest that says "Dicks in the Dirt." <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. I got I got the nickname of Dirty Dick in training because at one on can one I, jump. Can you can you tell this story? Yeah, I can tell the story. No, I mean, no, I, just, no, yeah. no. I mean, I mean, morally, can you tell this story? Yes. Yeah, I can. I can tell this. Story. <laughs> so we're it, it's a practice jump, and as I'm coming down, you only have so much control over those shoots. You know, when you're jumping, it's it's for the most part, it's still the same kind of thing as you jumped with in World War II. It's a little improved, but I mean, if you're coming out of an airplane, you're all just kind of jumping and floating down. 
And uh, I'm coming in. And as I'm coming in, I'm going forward. I'm going, no, 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 no. Because I realize I'm coming straight at a pond. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no, 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 no. It's going to be so wet and cold and dirty. No, no, please. And I hit and I skim across the water. It pulls my shoes in, pulls me just low enough that from the resistance of the water, it grabs my pants, pants me, but my belt is tight enough. It also pulls my underwear off. Oh. And then pulls me across the water. And as I get to the mud, my boots dig in and I go face down into the mud and dick down into the mud and then slide across it for a good 15 feet before I stop. And it is like, and there's like five people who have landed in the field who just watched that happen. <laughs> And they're just laughing so hard they can't breathe. And I get up and wow. just, I look down and it's just a streak of black mud. And I'm like, well, that happened. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Second to last jump of training. It was it was wonderful. So everyone started calling me Dirty Dick. And for the longest freaking time, Holy double shit. D. Yeah, something like that doesn't fucking... go away. No. Nope. Yep. And now it'll live in infamy. <laughs> yep, dirty deck. Uh, That's beautiful. All right. Uh, article from Reason says uh, in 2021, politics needs a leave us alone coalition. This is a. Uh, oh yeah. And I, I love I love the picture. It's a, a barbed wire fence with a sign that says "Private property, no trespassing." Leave like, me the fuck alone. I love that <laughs> image for a lot of reasons. And then we'll actually we have an article about that about the Hammonds. You guys remember the Hammonds, right? Yeah. Uh, the, you know the went to jail. Trump pardoned them. They were the reason for the Maurer wildlife standoff, occupation, whatever it was. Yep. Anyway, uh, article twenty twenty one politics needs a leave us alone coalition. Uh, quote: For every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear, simple, and wrong. Wrote the late journalist and professional cynic. Uh, H.L. Minkin. In our modern world, the answers to our myriad and complex problems always seem to involve the use of government through taxation, regulation, bureaucracy, and even military invasion. As prevalent as the answer may be, it is usually, although not always, wrong, which is one lesson all Americans should learn from, the ins- from our unspeakable bad year. The pandemic has not only tragically killed more than 300,000 Americans, but has led to previously unimaginable restrictions on our freedom to live the lives we choose. We awake each morning pondering the terms upon which our leaders will allow us to leave our homes. The COVID-19 restrictions keep changing and the goalposts keep moving. Perhaps we will one day find out whether any of the government's oftentimes illogical and arbitrary edicts are working, but for now it's on a need-to-know basis there's no magical solution but that's the point uh how many people do you think uh this not particularly magical thing called government has calmly guided us through the who has <laughs> how now brown cow how now there's no there's no magic solution but that's the point how many people think this not particularly magical thing called government has calmly guided us through the coronavirus crisis. Although scholars dispute the authorship, uh, the George Washington quotation is telling, quote, government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and fearful master. Never for a moment should it be left to irresponsible action. 
Right. Can't can't disagree with that. That's a yep. Very relevant. That is a spot on fucking quote. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's no choice but to use force, which is why we have a justice system based ultimately on compulsion. Our society, however, was founded on the idea that individuals greatly know what's best for themselves and that they should be left alone to pursue their dreams free from the unchecked dictates a bet within a framework of checks and balances. The founders knew this easy button government solution often is worse than whatever problem it was trying to solve. With COVID-19, everyone is flying blind. We need some rules during the unusual times, but when we transfer too many decisions from individuals to government, we give imperfect politicians and regulators power to make choices for us based on the limited insight and political interest. That's a... Well- I think we kind of always do that if we have government, but you know, it's uh... well, yeah. I mean, government is its own worst enemy. We've we've mentioned that before. You know, government government has no choice but to keep getting larger and larger and larger and and more and more and more authoritarian because it ha- it has to justify its own its own existence. No. Yeah. Right? Unless yeah. there is a continuing existential threat. Yeah. So, like, if there is a, a constant and actual real constant threat that government has to deal with that a government would need to deal with if that were the case then the government doesn't need to expand because it's always got that threat that can justify it but once that goes away and it doesn't have it anymore well now either you need to create a new one yeah or... uh, yeah oddly it it just never goes away it just morphs into something else so yeah right? look at that That's... yeah it's well, yeah i mean what Hasht- is you know hashtag war on terror yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, totalitarianism is the is when government involves itself in every facet of life. So every problem that pops up, it government tries to have a solution for it. And, you know, maybe they shouldn't have a solution for it. Maybe they should just leave it the fuck alone. Maybe they should just let people deal with it on their own terms. But that's, you know, they've they've set that precedent for themselves. And so it's we increasingly just have a more totalitarian system. Yeah, what, what you're talking about is it's Gleichschaltung uh, uh, in German. Um, that was the the phrase that the the Nazis used was Gleichschaltung, the steady infiltration to all aspects of life by government. So, uh, skipping down a few paragraphs. Uh, as America's political and cultural disputes become <clears throat> akin to tribal warfare. It is easy to forget about the solutions that was embedded in our Constitution, a document that both sides at least pretend to still care about. The founders limited the powers of the federal government, reaffirming the pre-existing natural rights of the citizenry, and created created dispersed layers of power to limit misuses of government muscle. We need to relearn those ideals. Long before Trump tore apart our fraying social fabric, Conservative political activist Grover Norquist talked about the, quote, leave us alone coalition. The idea is simple, compelling, and in a perfect harmony with the nation's founding principles. We need not agree on religion, share the same cultural preferences, or come from the same regions. But we can unite in the belief that government should basically just leave us all the heck alone. That's that's us, man. We're the leave us alone coalition. The anarchists are the leave us alone coalition. All right, that's we're the ones who accept. I mean, you accept other anarchists regardless of whether you believe 
in their religions. I mean, I disagree with tons of anarchists on their religious views because I'm a theist and a Christian. So I completely disagree with most anarchists. I don't care. We still agree politically completely that government should just not exist. We are the leave us the hell alone coalition that doesn't care about anything but freedom. You got, hi, notice me, senpai. <laughs> Nothing to add? No, uh, no I, I mean, that pretty much nails it right there, you know? I mean, uh, uh, you know, what more do we need to say? I mean, just, yeah, leave us alone, you know? We can we can handle these things on our own. We, we don't need... We don't need to, you know, have a pacifier shoved in our mouths and, and it taken care of for us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Norquist portrays two warring factions. The nation has a, quote, takings coalition that views the, quote, proper role of government as taking the things from one group and giving them to someone else. This includes the public sector unions, the social welfare industrial complex, and the utopians who want to rejigger society. Then he notes there is a group that does not want the government to give them something or to take something from others. They just want to be left alone. Most conservatives believe themselves to be part of the latter coalition, yet that's an increasing preposterous position. You are not oh, motivated it. by the desire to have government leave people alone if you support tariffs, stricter immigration controls, limits on tech firms, higher defense, intelligence spending, asset forfeiture laws, a stepped-up drug war, and much of the social conservative agenda. Exactly. They're, oh, I just want people to leave me personally alone is what they think. Not, I want people to leave people alone. It's, yeah. I want everyone to leave me alone the people who I disagree with don't leave them alone. Yeah, that's the modern conservative platform. Oh, I agree. But, uh, uh, yeah, I got nothing to add to that. I mean, that was pretty much self-explanatory. Yeah. And, I mean, that's it, like I said, that's us, man. We are the Leave Us the Hell Alone Coalition. We are the group that honestly... and. We just want, we, you know, and the, the thing is, is everybody who talks and tries to pretend within, within modern mainstream politics the world over that anarchists want chaos, that we want people to not suffer consequences, that we don't want rules to society, that we just want everything to be this horrible, chaotic, you know, and I can't even see say Wild West because the reality is, again, is it historian the, the wild west was not what people seem to think it was uh yeah. <laughs> it's we don't they, they think that we want that and that is not what we are about we are not about that in fact in an anarchist society if you're an asshole who keeps screwing with people you're gonna suffer you're gonna really far worse worse consequences than you will ever yeah. face underneath the government yeah. Mid midnight ride of the vigilance committee exactly that's I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, and to a certain extent, that was something that happened in the Old West, too, I, where mm -hmm. communities dealt with people themselves. Yeah. I mean, remember the, the cattle wars that one of the things that kind of made Wyatt Earp famous was the cattle wars. And they, you know, that was communities that realized that government wasn't going to help them, mm. that they were on their own and just decided, you know what, screw this. I'm not going to keep dealing with this asshole. I'm going to go ahead and take care of this myself. We're going to get together and we're going to put a stop to this shit 
on our own. Yeah. And that was that was a lot of the old West because you didn't have much government. And what government you had could be bought, you know, relatively easily. <laughs> yeah. Far less far less than lobbyists spend than today. <laughs> yeah. Way less. I mean, don't forget that the majority, especially as you hit like the 1880s, 1890s, the majority of sheriffs in towns in what would be, you know, what we would call the old West, which really lasted into almost World War One. And I think people forget yeah. that. It's one of the many things that I love to bring up that things that will skew your view of the timeline of the world incredibly consider that very frequently people drove uh, Model T's uh, <laughs> at the end of the Old West around and things. Um, but the, the the majority of those sheriffs were former gunfighters. Like they were guns for hire just generically before that who just realized that a government job was cushier and then went and became sheriffs. And people wanted them as sheriffs because they knew that they intimidated everybody. So they would hire them. And the communities hired the sheriffs, right? The, the local towns would hire their marshals for the town themselves as a community and then fire them if they weren't working out as a community themselves. So, you know, and there wasn't taxes to pay for it. It was you had to voluntarily contribute. You had to say, yeah, I really want a sheriff. I want a lawman here so we're going to raise money and we're going to do this and they raise money to build their own jail and they raise money to build their own courthouse and as a community like that was something that the old west did do mm-hmm. and yeah in that respect that is kind of what anarchists want <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's that's the dream right there honestly so you're saying you're not in favor of things like i don't know grazing permits Yeah, on on public on public land, which constitutionally the government has no business having control over. Yeah, the the entire reason why the 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 Louisiana Purchase had to be basically given away to everybody in that land rush was because government doesn't get to own land. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, I I really only brought this article up because I care about. This sort of thing, and I picked the articles. So. <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, Trump administration pushes for grazing permits for men who inspired the Bundy standoff. We're not talking like the Bundy Ranch in Nevada standoff. We're talking the, the Mauer Wildlife Refuge occupation. Um, Ammon Bundy and those people were like half the people were federal snitches. Uh, the Trump, Trump administration is once again pushing ahead with grazing permits for the two men pardoned by President Trump, who arsons, whose arson conviction in part spurred the armed takeover of the Maurer National Wildlife Refuge in Oregon. A New Year's Eve proposal uh, from the Bureau of Land Management would allow Hammond ranches to graze on lands in southeast Oregon. The ranches operated by father-son duo Dwight and Steve Hammond, who were convicted of setting fire to public lands in 2012. That's not actually how it happened. There was a wildfire, and they set a backfire on on their grazing land that burnt over like 12 acres of non-permitted land, and that got them convicted of arson. Because they were trying to stop more land from burning. Yeah. 
And that that's a standard practice in firefighting is doing a backfire to prevent it from spreading. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Fight, fight fire with fire. So uh, the BLM subsequently revoked the grazing privileges in 2014. The grazing privileges. Hmm. Privileges. Interesting yes. language. Public land yeah, as if they're not part of the public. Yes. <laughs> Uh, BLM subsequently revoked their grazing privileges in 2014, uh, a move that caught the eye of Ammon Bundy, escalating to a 2016 takeover of the refugees' headquarters. Um, that's not actually accurate. They took over the visitor center of the wildlife refuge that was used as the staging point for every BLM and environmental group's invasion onto the Hammond Ranch into the Hammond Grazing Grounds. Yeah, so they took their staging ground away from them, which is a really good military strategy. Yeah, and they don't allow them to have literally, literally in the middle of nowhere, like literally in the middle of nowhere. So, and it's, uh, it's a place that you realistically you probably could have rented for twenty bucks a day, something like that, yeah. <laughs> for, for a party, um, like, and just they would have been like, all right, here's the key, just make sure you clean up after yourself, and moved on with their day. Uh, yeah, it's that irrelevant to everyone except except for if you're trying to stage military operations from there which we know bureau of land management they're all about that shit Mm. oh yeah they're the twig pigs are the worst of the worst they're god you're using that line now (laughs) yeah i'm I'm using the twig pigs i like it i like it it's uh yeah but that's, I mean, there's, that's the thing. And, you know, and you see that, I mean, Wisconsin deals with that constantly with the DNR being really tyrannical and everyone talks about, you here, know, trying to figure out ways dude, to keep DNR off the land. Here, here in my area, like if, if you, if you go fishing without a permit, if you get caught fishing without a permit and you have a fish, right, they will take, they will take you to jail. They will take your rod. They will take your gear and they will take the vehicle that transported you to the spot in which you were fishing without a permit. Yep. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I watched that firsthand uh, over on the Minnesota side of the Mississippi, right on one of the dams. Um, you can fish off of this dam. There's a little walkway and stuff, and you can fish. And this guy had over his bag limit of bluegill. Who the fuck cares? They're yeah. bluegill. Do you yeah, know how many bluegill. fucking panfish are? So, but he had over his bag limit, and this DNR guy literally took his stringer away. And then walked up and down the dam, handing them out to people because he could seize them. And he just redistributed them to everybody it, and then left. Yeah. It's, he just stole his fish. What if that's the only way that guy could eat? Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, back to the article. Uh, the notice from the BLM would give the Hammond a permit, quote, due to their extensive historical use of the allotments and give the, 15, and give the public 15 days to protest the decision which you know people are commenting and protesting, but uh, extensive historical use of the allotments. Um, They've been up there since like the 70s, I want to say. So for like 50 years, they've been running cows on this land. Um, Back before, even before it actually became BLM land. It was was under a, a state agency or something like that. And then it became BLM land. Well, you know, and the sad thing is, is that the entire reason for the BLM to exist originally, the entire reason that that was a thing was because with public grazing lands, 
they people felt that they needed someone to keep the big ranchers from monopolizing it for their cattle. <laughs> that was the entire reason that BLM. Oh, that was it. Wasn't that the? It's it's the same reason like the Federal Reserve was created, right? It was to keep the value of the dollar to prevent another, you know, right, great collapse. So again, we <laughs> good, see good the, job, guys. Way to go. Yeah, the, the the road to hell paved with good intentions. And yeah. that was the thing is their idea was, well, we'll keep these big ranchers who have the biggest cattle and have all this money and everything else, you know, the, the biggest herd of cattle from monopolizing this land by founding this agency, creating this agency that will tell people, no, you only get to, to graze here on th- at this amount of time. And then these other people get to, yeah, that's why BLM even exists. Yeah. It's like who's who's the biggest monopoly around? Let's uh, and let's just turn it over to them. Basically, you made a deal with the devil, and now you're surprised you're getting burned. Oh, and, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, um, Trump pardoned the Hammers in 2018, and then Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke uh, then gave them uh, grazing permits back, so right, they can go back to being ranchers. And then a judge in 2019 revoked the permits, arguing it was an abuse of discretion and that the interior, that secretary of the interior, didn't undertake sufficient analysts or analysts to determine the Hammond ranches had a, quote, satisfactory record of performance. What this means, okay, so what, what had happened is they got the permits back and then an environmental group said, oh, no, they're damaging the land. <laughs> the grazing land that's been used because, as grazing land for 150 years. Because they put out um, water troughs and filled them so that, I don't know, the cattle could have fucking drinking water. So that they could have cattle in this area where no other fucking people were ranching. Yeah, you got to remember, this is, we're not talking about land with neighbors. We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. Southeast Oregon is considered high desert. Yeah. Yeah, of scrubland mm-hmm. that is being used by absolutely like, no one. Like, nobody. The western expansion, the homesteaders, the wagon trains that came through there, they passed through the area. They didn't stop. Very yeah, few kept very, on a going. Very few people <laughs> tried to homestead this area because that's all the life it could sustain was very it, few people. Yeah, if you and were usually, there, and you usually looked it was sheep and usually it was sheep farmers. Yeah. You looked around, if you stopped there, you looked around and you went, now nah, little Ricky will die of dysentery. And you continued onward. <laughs> yeah. Not, not it far is from not a place. Too. Yeah, it's not a place that people people use. There's no industrial anything there. People aren't living there. There's not you don't go on nature hikes through high desert scrubland, okay? That isn't something people do. You know why? Because if you ever been to Nebraska, imagine that except with less interesting vegetation. That is high desert right there. It's there's nothing at all. It's flat, it's boring. There's nothing. If you see an animal, you're excited because they're not usually there. Oh, I will tell you, Western Nebraska is 
pretty dramatic landscape. It is pretty. There's lots of buttes out there and stuff like that. But yeah, it's all it's all cattle ranchers. I mean, because there's there's a few uh, fa- um, farms that irrigate through uh, groundwater, but those are pretty sparse once you get past like the eastern like uh, uh, one third of the state. After that, it's all it's pretty much all cattle. Well, and there's very few places that you won't find some measure of groundwater. It's just how deep do you have to go to get to it? Yeah. I have yeah, been to places that you won't find groundwater. The Syrian desert is one. You don't find groundwater there at all. There is no water. There isn't even life. Nothing. In fact, the Syrian desert doesn't even have fucking bacteria. All right? It's, there's nothing there. Nothing survives. Everything dies. But that is not... like. Just because you can find groundwater if you dig deep enough, can you imagine if they had dug a well what that environmental team would have done? Yeah. <laughs> they had dug a big <laughs> fucking hole. Oh, uh, so. Do you, you dug right. a hole in scrubland? I can't believe it. Oh my god, this barren wasteland. You've ruined it because there's a structure here now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have we have one more art. You guys want to jump on this last article? We're like we're getting real close to time. Yeah. Sure. Fine. Fuck you guys. Um, New York <laughs> Bill says governor could quote order the removal of people with quote contagious diseases. Order is, uh, the removal. Oh, legit COVID camps. That that's what it. Yeah. A bill introduced by a member of the New York State Assembly would amend a public health law permitting the governor of the state to order the removal and or detention of persons deemed to be, quote, suspected case, contact, or carrier of a contagious disease who would pose an immediate or significant threat to the public health. The person in question would then be, quote, detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premise designed by the governor. Do you yeah, know how many dystopian novels this features in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're not. You don't have any liberty. You're just a fucking surf. Like, uh, you know. Like, you, I, I just. I mean, especially with the disease thing. Like, think of think about all your favorite dystopian future stuff, and think about how many times. How many times are there like this cordoned off area where all these people with some plague or some disease are forced to live in poverty and squalor? This is this is like a hallmark of dystopian future. Yeah, my wasn't my son there, was telling me about there, the. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there no, like a son? little uh, an entire war fought over this sort of thing? Uh, over camps to to cordon off people who might be dangerous to society. <laughs> there might have been. Gosh. The U.S. The yeah. U.S. did that before, didn't they? With like right. people of a, of a particular heritage who who just Actually, might happen to be dangerous. Fun fact, two types of heritages. Two types of heritages, yes. yes two yes, types yes. of heritages. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just Japanese. It was also Germans. And the Germans were actually first. Um, they got quarantined. And actually, there was a camp just outside of Fort McCoy here in Wisconsin, about 40-ish minutes, 45 minutes away from me. There was, in fact, a camp that was originally for German-Americans suspected. And not even just German-Americans. Here's the kicker, not even just German-Americans, but anyone who had ever been a member of the American National Socialist Party were at a risk of being thrown into this camp. And it had barbed wire and tall fences and armed guards. 
guard towers. They lived in these big bungalow things, you know, and gosh, that sounds really familiar. Like maybe somebody else might have done that too. But it's it's for the betterment of the people. Yeah, it's it's in the uh, interest of the public good, you know, for the the American nation, the American you people. You know, it's about Americans first, and we're gonna make America great again. Oh, sorry, I got off track. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just in just suspected cases, you know, suspected. I mean, that that's enough. That's enough to get you tossed in there. Yeah, I expect, I expect nothing might. less from Cuomo. Yeah, you you sneezed a little bit one too many times in line at the grocery store, young man. It's time to take yeah. you away. And can I just say how horrified we all get right now? Like, we all have this knee-jerk reaction where if we have to sneeze in public, we always feel the need to justify the sneeze to strangers. Yeah. Like, no, no, I don't have the Rona. It's just allergies, I promise. The guy that submitted the bill. Oof. Just put that out there. Don't, ha- don't have to say Stockholm it. Stockholm Syndrome is, weir- is real. Stockholm Syndrome is real. Don't have yeah. to say it. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not <laughs> wrong when we're doing it. Yeah, and if if you are listening to the audio only version, you may have missed that. Um, the link the the link to this article is in the description. The guy's name is in there. You can look him up yourself, and you'll understand. You will understand exactly what yeah. we're what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Here, uh, this is this is from the bill. From the bill, the provisions of this section shall be utilized. In the event that the governor declares a state of health emergency due to an epidemic of any communicable communicable disease. Any. Any. So wow, those those AIDS rates are awful high. I guess anybody oh, who shows that... any symptom of sickness or maybe might possibly be homosexual, considering that regardless of what people want to say, it's a medical reality. If you're homosexual, you stand a far greater chance of getting HIV, like plain and simple, it's just a reality. And because that's reality, this should really horrify you. Because, yeah. oh, you're gay. I guess we're going to throw you in a camp. Oh, hey, you know what? And and people with compromised immune systems stand a higher chance of getting communicable diseases. So, like, if you have birth defects like Down syndrome or Kleinfelter's, you, you already stand a higher chance of, of getting a communicable disease. So I guess we're going to have to throw you into a camp now to be sure because it's a public health emergency. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the, bill, the bill also says, quote, notwithstanding the foregoing provisions, in no event shall any person be detained for more than 60 days without a court order authorizing such detention. The governor or his or her delegee should seek further court review of such detention within 90 days following the initial court order authorizing detention or thereafter within 90 days of each subsequent court review. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) That math doesn't, that doesn't add up. So it won't go over 60 days without a court order, but you have 90 days to get a new court order. Yes. (laughs) So... and just, I've just pictured some guy, just kangaroo court rubber stamping. Yeah. 
Yep. Well, guilty, as we guilty. all know, that would never happen. That, that no, would never no. happen in New York. Everyone will receive a very thorough review of their individual <laughs> case and their symptoms and a very fair and honest judgment going forward. Yeah, there no would, there would, would never. Shenanigans. None whatsoever. Yeah, not, not in a million years could that ever possibly be abused, especially if these detention centers are privately run, maybe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, government has a solution for every problem, and here's their solution, and it's not at all uh, terrible well, and horrible, should, you know? It's, we, should, we should all be grateful because these people are just doing their job. At least they're just doing their jobs and not actually engaging in tyranny. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's totally not fascism when you're just doing your job, right? Yeah, no, not even close. <laughs> If history has taught us anything, that is definitely the case, is that just doing your job is absolutely justification. As long as you're following orders. I mean, that's, yeah. right. that's, that's right. It's, it's not fascism when, when democratic socialists do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely. Yeah. It just, yeah, it's uh, everyone's just completely, uh, you know, they're, they're really their heroes, you know, when you think about it, you know, just. Having to ignore their conscience and their morality and and all that stuff and doing what needs to be done. These these fucking that's, wonderful. That's that's what that's what it really comes down to is is, is moral agency and conscience, right? They, they they really hold people back when it comes to the 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 national health, right? I mean, like that that's what it is. That that's democracy. We have to protect democracy. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's and there's there is definitely at least one movie that I've seen where there is a line where somebody says something about how I can't, maybe it was a TV show where I can't afford morality when I have to worry about safety. Yeah. There's, there's at least one film that that exists in probably several, you know, like the, you want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, (laughs) That's what it is. You want me up on that wall. Yeah, you need me up on that wall. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, you know, and, and we laugh, but that's that's the reality. That's the the mentality of these people. I mean, I know certainly when I was in, that was my mentality is, well, you may not like what I have to do, but I'm doing it for you, so you need to just suck it up. I'm doing that's, it so you don't it, have to. That's what, it, like... Yeah. 2065 our kids will be our kids and our grandkids will be sitting around and they'll watch a movie called Cuomo's List and and it will be it will win a whole bunch of awards that year. <laughs> It'll all be shot in black and white except like one green balloon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except yeah. for the, the the blue the blue hospital face mask. Everything else will be Yeah, black it'll and white. be Yeah, that Right, that, that'll be it. Oh. All right, on that note <laughs> We're already on the list. It's too late. <laughs> I was, was going to make I was going to make a joke about before we get put on a government list. <laughs> yeah, we've been there for a minute. So yeah. So on that note, I, I literally avoid flying, not just because I'm from Wisconsin and Upper Midwesterners just avoid flying. We just do. That's and why why fly when it only takes me 28 hours to drive there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's just a Midwestern thing. I don't know what it is, but I, I've been avoiding flying because I'm pretty sure that I can't. <laughs> yeah. No. 
All right, throw out your links. Uh, I don't have any. <laughs> I'm a, I, I wish I could say I'm a ghost right now, but probably not. But no, I am on Telegram. So C uh, Sullivan. 1974. So yep. that's all I got. I'm, uh, I might restart some social media, but, um, if I do, uh, I've got a battery coming in for this other older phone that I have, and I'll probably just run it all off of there. So it's not my primary phone that I'm carrying around with me. Um, seeing as, is Instagram's new terms of service, they can access all of your emails and all of your text data. Uh, if you have the app on your phone, which is, you know, a lovely little, little tech tidbit that they're throwing your way. So, yeah, it's uh yeah, fantastic. So but yeah, just uh I've actually been enjoying the time uh not on social media as much. I, I get a lot more done. So yeah, I don't know, doing, we'll see. I'm like, doing a lot of training uh, now that it's gotten cold. What's that? Doing a lot more training now that it's gotten cold. Um, you know, it, it's it's been I have to watch it because my there's snow on the ground and that leaves tire tracks and some of the places where I go, I don't want to be found at. So I've been, uh, I haven't been to the indoor range, uh, for a minute. So I'm hoping once the snow melts, uh, I can do a little bit more, but, uh, but yeah, but I'm still waiting for, I got a new holster on the way and my Glock 19 slide is getting machined right now. So I can throw my hollow sun on top of it. So that all should be done in like, three weeks so i'm just chomping at the bit to get that entire thing together so i'm i'm pretty excited so we'll see how that works out you know, the combat combat doesn't wait for the weather to be nice and there to be no snow so learning well, yeah, learning know, but, how to cover your tracks is an important part of field track. i know but i i gotta i gotta drive there off the railroad tracks and i don't know if if Union Pacific security is really cool with me being back there and there's kind of a gate. And so once I'm back there, I'm, I'm back there, but yeah, but you know, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Nothing, nothing waits. So, yep. Yeah. I don't like training I mean, in, in cold weather and winter and th like the other day it was so cold here that my power, I had to run my truck before I drove because my power steering fluid froze. Yeah. It, um, was, it was really cold here the other day. It was like a high of 52. It was <laughs> Andrew, I remember uh, a couple years ago when we had that big cold snap and you had the boiling water outside when it was like minus five or minus ten and you threw it up and just, <laughs> just well, gone. It, it wasn't even minus five or minus ten. It was with wind chill minus 70, seven zero. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was, that was the year they uh, they had to light the uh, the railroad track crossings in Chicago on fire to keep yeah. them to keep icing up and icing over yeah i remember that it was fucking cold yeah. uh that was so cold that not only did my truck not want to start with a yellow top battery it didn't want to start it was so cold but Holy i shit. couldn't even open the hood to pull the battery and bring it inside to warm it up because the hood was frozen shut and would not open so uh, yeah i i've got an optima in mind too i i couldn't imagine it not starting on that that's nuts it was, yeah, it was very, very, very cold. Um, thankfully, it hasn't been that cold yet this year, but because that was that was dangerously cold. Um, when it got to that point, that was kind of ridiculous. But yeah. the uh, the cold that we have gotten was cold enough at one point that I went to like turn my wheel to move my because we have alternate side parking, obviously. So I had to move the car to the other yeah. side, the truck to the other side. And it was the power steering pump was whining. And I'm like, why is it whining? And I opened it up 
and I went to pull the the dipstick out of the power steering reservoir, and it wouldn't come out. It's just and when yeah. I finally got it, wow. it had a little bit of ice at the bottom, and I'm like, oh, it's frozen. Okay, well, <laughs> that's that would why. Be why. Yeah, that's why it's whining. It's not flowing at all because it's solid fucking ice. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it, it gets that cold here and learning how to adapt to that. I mean, you know, historically learning from the German army on the Eastern front. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Yeah. This, this season I haven't been outside uh, in the cold yet, really hiking or anything. I wanted to do an overnight camping trip, but it's just uh, all the stars have to align perfectly on the weekend to get that done. So. But, uh, but yeah, I want to get, I got some gear. I want to get out there and just test out overnight for, you know, 24 hours and see what happens. Yeah. It's definitely, on my list. Die. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely on my list for iron harvest to, for that to be one of the things we do is, is, uh, training people who are from warm climates in how you survive, uh, in, in cold weather and stuff. But if you want, uh, to plug, if you want to get awesome beard stuff and get fantastic luxurious soft wonderful smelling beard like i have thebeardstruggle.com is the place to go and use code inked anarchist 15 all run together inked anarchist 15 and you can get awesome stuff they even have stuff for ladies now they have all sorts of cool stuff they have uh lotions if you're that kind of person they have all sorts of cool stuff it's fantastic and by doing it, you support me, which is cool. So you should do right. that. Yeah. Uh, also, check out the homie at, at Poppins Patches. Go get your uh, your Ed and Eddie Boogaloo boys patches and wear oh, yeah. gear like all the cool kids are doing. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave got kicked off of Etsy and and uh, kicked off of Facebook and. Yeah. No shit. He got kicked off too. Damn. Yeah, for his for all of his uh, Dave Manning for all of his uh, his Poppins patches yep. stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I think that the the last one was the uh, the imposter, right? The the amongst us ones. Uh, the, he had one that looked like Donald Trump, and it said this election was sus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll do it. There it yeah. he, he he's gotten in trouble for that, so you got to kind of Google him and track him down to be able to buy stuff from him poppinspatches.com it'll also be linked in the description as well yeah. as road to autonomy magazine uh dharma is doing big things with that and check out dirica's book learn how to critically think for yourself and then you can see what we see yeah on that yep. note i don't have anything else nope i'm good we'll have to figure out a name for this this episode this is episode 120 uh, and the three-year anniversary uh, of this podcast is next week. Like the, I think it's like the 15th or something like that. So we've been doing this for a long fucking time for some stupid-ass reason. <laughs> and people still listen to us, which is weird. Reader, listenership is going up. I know. What the hell, man? So anyway, on that note, episode 120, we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.